I've been singing this song now for 25 minutes. I could sing it for another 25 minutes. I'm not proud <laughs> or tired. So we'll wait till it comes around again. And this time with four part harmony and feeling. We're just waiting for it to come around is what we're doing. Accepting Alice, you can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant. So walk right in, it's around the back, just a half a mile from the railroad track. And you can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant. At Alice's To the Black Cast. Yes, this is the Black Cast as it's meant to be. With just me, joined, I guess, by Duray Jeff. Yes. Or, wait, oh, which, one, is, which one are you? I'm not, I can't tell I can you tap into whatever personality you need right now. It's a very split situation. Oh, can you tap into Liev right now? Uh, I don't know if is I can go early? that is gay, but... It's too early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, I, I might ask for your uh, Will Sterling impression a little bit later. <laughs> but in any case, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is our uh, Thanksgiving celebration. This is the the show that we ought not to have had to record. Uh, I'm, of course, Christian Blatt of the Blackcast here on the Blackcast from Blackcast HQ, giving you all your Blackcast needs. But when we recorded last week's show and... Um, we're starting to get comments now that uh, Will sounded like he was on death's door, and uh, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't sound great, but I was like, I don't know. He sounded. He seemed fine when we were there. Like I kind of, yeah. maybe I'm just self-involved, and that's why I was he, like, Oh, you're fine. I'm fine. So you're fine. You were just thinking about yourself. Oh, always. Yeah. Well, you know what? What's what's new there? I mean, you think so much about yourself. You've created a separate persona of yourself. That's just your last name first. It's true. I have too much ego for one <laughs> one handle. Ego, the living planet. Yes. Exactly. A movie that uh, Will did not like. But again, I'll always contend that Will walked into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 a few minutes late, and he was fighting with his now ex-wife. Yeah. So... I think he could have walked into most movies and been like, ah, I didn't like it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to argue with him because he was sick. But uh, I thought it was kind of funny that he gave me shit for rewatching BoJack or whatever and not having watched Frasier. When it's like, but don't you literally do the opposite? You've never watched BoJack, Bojack. and you continue to yeah. rewatch Frasier. Like it's yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. You did go. You did go easy on him. You you handled uh, old old little Sterling with the kid gloves there, because yeah, I mean it's like instead of watching Frasier for the sixth time, watch a couple of BoJack, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah, I admit I still have never watched it, and I think about it all the time because whenever I see it on there, I'm like, oh, Jeff knows that show. I bet I'd like it. But the, the the shitty part about that show, in terms of getting other people into it, is it's like literally the first six episodes are the weakest episodes of the oh, entire series no, I because. Hate that. It's a ramp up. Yeah. The first six episodes are ramping you up to what happens in perpetuity after that. But it, so like the AV club, I was talking about this the other day, the AV club, which is like a website or whatever that does it's reviews. It's part of the onion. Yeah. 
they had to change their entire internet reviewing policy based on BoJack because they gave it a shit score because the person watched the first six episodes oh, and no. was like, this show sucks. And then everybody was blowing up about how great the show was and they were like, hmm, maybe we made a mistake. The guy goes back, watches the rest and is like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. This is one of the best shows I've seen and I it said it was shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you should be able to watch six episodes of a show and know whether or not it's good. I, I, I think that's I good, still, in fairness, I liked it right away. Yeah. But I, I agree with the idea that it does get way better after that because it's like so... Um, and I don't... This doesn't spoil anything. So by like the sixth episode, I think, is around when uh, Bojack steals the D from the Hollywood sign. And for the rest of the show... Without a beat, it is now referred to as Hollywood by everyone. <laughs> All the st- Hollywood stars, it's that. Hollywood forever. That's, That's fantastic. Uh, but sometimes, you know, if you watch one of a show and you could judge it a little harshly. I remember I watched a pilot of Bob's Burgers and I hated it so much mm-hmm. halfway through. I kept watching it, but I was just like, I, I really don't want to keep watching this. But I finished and then... Uh, <coughs> But then also, I know people love that show. Yeah. And people that I that I trust their opinion on comedy, I'm like, okay, so is it me? Should should I give it another chance? And maybe if there was enough time in the day, maybe I would, but... I don't know if that show's necessarily your speed, because it's more like... It's funny because it's just inane me, in a lot of ways let, and then me, they do a lot of singing stuff. Are, are you just trying to say okay boomer? Is okay that, bo- yeah. No I'm saying like <laughs> Bob's Burgers is a funny show. I sure. like you. There's episodes of it that I would think are universally likable but mm-hmm. I don't think it's a show that everyone's going to see like it, it, look some of the, the humor of the show is like there's a guy voicing a 14 year old girl's as a voicing a 14 year old girl who's like obsessed with butts and she's always like mm, butts mm. like I get that okay. some people are gonna be like what what yeah sure it's silly that's Comedy is so subjective. It's, uh, I mean, everything's subjective when it comes to taste, but comedy especially. I would say that life is subjective. Life is subjective. You know what else is subjective? Subjects. They're (laughs) very subjective. What about objects? Uh, They are objective. Oh, okay. In any case, <laughs> this is this is this is what you're. I feel get. like I'm being subjectified. Yeah, you know what you are, and uh, you should uh, file an object complaint report. But I think this is what people are going to get for uh, the next hour or so. Is just uh, you and me, and uh, you know, we, this is not the first time that it has been just uh, the world famous Captain EO, or I guess the other persona is EO Captain. Is that fair? <laughs> EO Captain. <laughs> EO Captain. But OE Captain. We. There, there was a chance we would have had our friend Coltrane on the line, but uh, he said that he was in a spot with uh, bad cell service, to which I say that hasn't stopped him before. But uh, we will have him on at some point in December. I want to. Uh, we, have, we have not visited the corner, Coltrane's corner, in quite some time, which sounds very dirty, but that's not, that's not at all how I intended it. Uh, no offense if you hear this, Coltrane, but why did he just go for a drive? <laughs> hey, sometimes, sometimes the uh, you know he, wherever he is, he's got to be locked in. You know, he's got he's he's not mobile, mobile. Well, I was referring to when he I, I, yeah. that podcast three hundred. I think, I think he, so. That uh, yeah, and so he was in the chat on Blackcast three fifty. I think I know you. So that's more it. than me. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, but you, you and were, I feel I felt like a dipshit with, during the last one when you're like, so what were your things? I was like, oh shit, I didn't know I was supposed to like have brought impressions. <laughs> yeah, you watched it. I just wanted to know what you thought. I just. I guess I had 
it had been too long since I'd seen it, and yeah. I was like, because uh, you watched uh, it right away. Yeah. Well, just, I watched it right after we talked about yeah. it, and you were like, "Oh, there were pictures," uh, so it was like the usual black cast, except uh, I could see what was happening yeah. too. That's all you needed, really. We, uh, you know, Will's never going to hear this. So, of do you want to say anything about Will's performance on that episode? He was fine. <laughs> Oh, fine. Oh, oh, that is some of the strongest shade I've ever heard. Uh, that just saying that he was just fine. Okay, look, I, I just, uh, I was trying to start some shit. <laughs> but uh, you know, this Saturday is the uh, Black Ass Christmas Party, which we talked about last week, and mm-hmm. uh, we have to, I, <laughs> I have to use the right gift card for BevMo to buy uh, some more beer. I basically, I really want that uh, that Sam Adams, the assortment of, of various winter lagers. But uh, I don't know, um, I don't know how strong the attendance is going to be on the Black Ass Christmas Party. It will be more than the three of us, but I don't know if the three of us will make up any less than 50% of the uh, attendees. Who, who do we think is coming? Not Bujenski because he told us he's going to Hawaii, even though he initially said that he was in, which I, I figured there was a decent chance he just wasn't going to show up anyway. Uh, but now he's going to be in Hawaii, so he really isn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, This is a really old joke, but uh, this is my impression of David um, mm-hmm. when he was booking that trip. I want to go to Hawaii! <laughs> 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 he, uh, but uh, I think that uh, there's a there's a chance that uh, Z will be there. Uh, just seems in like Hawaii? Her, no, no, no. At the <laughs> Christmas party. Uh, uh, Lindsay is confirmed, and I think uh, Amy, who was also on Black Ass 350, uh, might bring her husband. Uh, but uh, it's more like a, we'll try to make it. Oh, I told uh, Natasha she was invited. She is definitely invited. Okay, good. I just didn't know if uh, yeah. And Lindsay's sister is in the same line of work as Natasha. So, uh, nice. they, but, uh, they're not, it's, they're not rivals. She's like down in like Fullerton or somewhere. That's so fine. Natasha will right just ask the same question. She asks everybody whenever she meets them. Mm-hmm. So do you smoke weed? <laughs> I'm always just like, that's why that's, there's such a more tactful way. To yeah. But that's why you're with her because, well, that's true. Cause you know, that's more important. Uh, yeah. yeah. We sh- Cause she likes to cut to bra- brass tacks. Yeah. Like you're in the top three of things she really likes in life, but I would probably put, uh, MJ and weed above you. I think that's fair, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Or maybe, maybe, maybe weed Jeff then MJ because MJ's still new on the scene. Yeah, well, and and because MJ's more attached to me, so it's oh, like you yeah, know, oh, yeah. there's a little bit of that jealousy. Also, I got I got a bunch of compliments from the vet. Yeah, so MJ, who yeah. has been spayed, is lactating right now, so her uh, boobies have gotten. <laughs> I guess that happens, huh? Yeah. You can get spayed. And, you know, uh, Bob Barker always told everybody to get their pets spayed and neutered, but he didn't mention that uh, the the milk would still be running. Mm -hmm. Land of milk and honey. Uh, (laughs) That's gross. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I had to take her to the vet yesterday because she's milking. Mm. And uh, the vet was just like, you're doing such a good job. She has such anxiety and you're doing... I was like, "Uh." And the best part was when the vet was like, you're so calm. I was like, um... Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll, uh, w- there, there's uh, some things that we want to talk to Will about uh, in the near future. But, uh, you know, it, this being the holiday season, I think that uh, we're both reasonably intelligent here that neither one of us 
is traveling anywhere for Thanksgiving, right? Yes. So this is my 16th year in Los Angeles. Actually, I think it might be 17th. And uh, I have traveled back to the East Coast only once for Thanksgiving, and it was because my cousin got married uh, that weekend because... You know, my cousin who's lived in New Jersey his whole life and not with his mom, not with my aunt, but, you know, like in this small radius his whole life was like, well, everybody will be home. I'm like, well, no, not everybody was going to be home. I was not going to be home. But uh, I went. It was uh, it was fine. It was actually a, a mild temperature for that time of year. Heather and I got to see a little of the Macy's Thanksgiving parades, you know, fun times. But that was the only time I went. Because I, I, I've known people who every Thanksgiving they go back. And these are, these are people who also celebrate Christmas. So then a month later they're going back. I'm like, why are you going for like a weekend when you're going to go in less than a month for like in some cases like two weeks? So I don't know. I don't understand the appeal of traveling for Thanksgiving. I guess if you got nobody, if you got nobody to be with, maybe then it's like, okay, I, I guess I want to go home. But uh, you don't usually travel for Thanksgiving, do you, Jen? No, I think I went once, not yeah. last year, but the year before we went back. Right. But uh, you went with Natasha. We went with. Yeah. I went with Natasha, and it was kind of like. And did you watch a movie at the furniture store? Yes, I think we did. Yeah, I kind of remember that. <laughs> what did we? We. I don't know what came out, but. Probably saw something, <laughs> maybe one, maybe one of those new Harry Potter movies or whatever. Oh, the uh, Fantastic Beasts and the Beasts yeah, something who, like that. The beasts who love them or whatever. Beasts yeah. who beat off because those always come out right before. Yeah. Those are Thanksgiving movies usually. Yes. Um, yeah, I remember going. Yeah, we went. We went back and we did a turkey trot. My family does like the. Uh, whatchamacallit, the turkey trot, 5K, so, whatever shit. It's 5K. That sounds uh, well 5K. better than. See, Sorry, did I see, beat you to it? Without, without Will here, uh, you can you can throw mm-hmm. around that because I don't got to get all the dirty looks. It's oh, all right. I know that he boy. thinks less of me as a person, but now yeah. that he's not here to directly judge me, I'll just yeah, let it he, out. I mean, again, he'll never hear this. So yeah, what, exactly. is, what is there for him to really judge? You know, that's <laughs> that's fair. Uh, he didn't respond to me yesterday when I wished him a happy birthday. I did wish him a happy birthday, and he did respond to me. So. so he thinks less of you than he does of me? Is that the point? Well, that's obvious. Yeah, that's probably probably the case, right? Hmm. Sorry about that. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, uh, Natasha's birthday is right now. So let's let's go through the birthday calendar. We've got Bujenski's birthday is like the 23rd. That's Liev, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will's birthday was yesterday, the 25th. And let's see, Natasha's birthday is the 26th. 26th, yeah. Ken's birthday is like December 4th or something. And What's nine months before, like February? Oh, so these are all like Valentine's fucks? Yep. You're onto something right there. That's that's that explains a lot. So, and and I was gonna extend it out a little bit because uh, you know newer friend of the show, uh, Lindsay Floyd from the Dennis Miller Option. Her birthday is December fifth, and my daughter Lucy's birthday is is November 29th. So everybody's all squished into the calendar except for. Me on February eighth. Uh, Z is February first, so we're pretty close together. And you got uh, you. Oh, Felix stole your birthday though. Yeah. Did you have the same birthday as you? Is it July twenty sixth? Twenty eighth. Oh, me. okay. So, so I got a couple days after. You, but you, Natasha's yeah. mom is the 29th. Oh man. Yeah. So my birthday gets fucked. So and Natasha's sister's is the twentieth of November. Oh man. So she's in this. Yeah. This is this is. There's something going on. Let us know if your birthday is also uh, during this these two weeks. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna learn from that, but. Uh, uh, tweet us at Blackcast and just be like, hey, 
I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but here's here's when my birthday is, and I it's it, you know when we all worked on the Dennis Miller show, it was like it was exhausting because you you weren't there, but it was like we had Will's birthday, we had Pajensky's birthday, Will's birthday, and then Ken's birthday, mm. and it was just it was like all so close together. Your arms would get tired from like multiple days of circle jerking. Yeah, yeah. Well, but honestly, uh, you know, it was just we would do a second jerk on somebody's birthday because we mm. had the morning jerk. Yeah, like the, the show, the come together. Yeah, right, exactly. That's what that Beatles song is about. I mean, because they used to do that. <laughs> I mean, I think Paul said that, or John. There's some old. I mean, I don't know if I would be able to perform under that pressure though. Come together right now, uh, over me. Ooh, whoever that was, that was uh, Yoko's Bukaki. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, See what, where we can go without Will. I know. He's our, he's our rock. He's our anchor. We do definitely need him. He's our Dwayne the Rock he Johnson. He's our Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who we talked a lot about last week, by the way. And uh, he is uh, he's a little too involved in, in all of our lives. But uh, what I wanted to say about Thanksgiving was there was a story that I read that uh, 55 million people are going to... Uh, this is the quote from the headline of the Daily Mail. Braving the chaos as storms and high winds wreak havoc coast to coast. I mean, it's just winds. You know, like high, like how strong are the winds are we talking about? Like, I've had two incidents where wind made me scared for my life in a plane. Really? Yeah. One was... Did somebody break wind? Yes. Yeah. Me, actually. I'm, the, I'm one of them. The okay. first, which is the first one I'll describe. Fair. Which is when I was actually going... This is when I went back east for a few months somewhat recently on the first flight it was landing in washington dulles which is the worst every time i go to washington dulles it's a terrible experience it's not like because the airport itself's fault but something happens that ruins it for me right anyways had a missed approach so we were like about to land and then had to take off again because the winds were making the plane like shake too much and it would have like not landed properly or something and so uh that made me start like puking and farting and the two people on either side of me because i was in a middle seat were like horrified uh, um, and i was like yeah. yes so am i thank you for making me feel worse yeah, about this this makes it so much worse <laughs> the other one was i got to remain the calmest on the plane but it was like a tiny prop plane like there was one row of one seat on either side and then three in the back and it was going from shenandoah valley to washington dulles oh yeah and there was a hurricane that hit and so the plane it was like it was to a T like how small planes go down and everyone dies on them. So everybody was like crying and like puking and shitting themselves. And I had just, I had gotten on plane first. So I went straight to the back where there's the three seats. Yeah. Put my backpack on one end, sure. like laid across and just was like, well, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to try and go down sleeping. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down trying to go down on myself. Yes. Well, that too. That's, that's why I needed the third seat. So uh, you use the fuselage to help like Roll your hips over. <laughs> uh, I, I never had that specific experience. When you're talking about uh, farting, uh, I do remember there was this, uh, I had a particularly gassy flight once. <laughs> and, uh, he, there was a guy like two rows in front of me. He didn't. He didn't know where it was going. <laughs> He's just like, stop farting! And I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I think this is long enough ago that I didn't have a camera on my phone. Because I probably would have, uh, I, I would have definitely ripped a few more and like you know just tried to very subtly film just to get his audio. <laughs> so because, good. Because he was just yelling at him like, who's, who 
what's going to happen now? It's like, it doesn't matter. The, the genie's out of the bottle. You know? <laughs> I mean, look, it, we're in this plane. We're in this together. You know? And I think the people sitting next to me must have known it was me. But, you know, you don't want to actually, if you don't hear it, you can't really just blame somebody. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's also, quite frankly, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, hey, you. Stop hey, doing you. that involuntary thing. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. yes, there are times when you push a fart out, but to an extent, like farting, you you kind of have to let it out at a certain point, or it's gonna squeak out. Yeah, like a little squeaker. Yeah, it's just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this was definitely not the variety. No, these were not silent but deadly. No, they, they were, were just all, deadly. They were deadly. Audibly deadly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, tell us your farting airplane stories. <laughs> this is the stuff we need to do for the live shows, is uh, tell our farting airplane stories. Uh, so, because this is this kind of a show where it's just you and I and we're just kind of hanging out, uh, no circles, no jerks, that's, <laughs> that's on the... Uh, It'd be a Dutch rudder in this situation. <laughs> uh, I did uh, I did pull a few stories, kind of like the old days, and nice. uh, it's what they call show prep, which uh, usually I don't do. And I was very mad at myself because I should have done a little bit for Black Ass 350. Uh, there were like four things I wanted to talk about, and then I got to like two of them. <laughs> so, but I mean, we had fun, you know. I don't know. We got to have the cameras. You know, you can still find that episode at Blackcast.com if you want to watch. Watch that shit on YouTube on your big screen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Worth yeah. It. Oh, yes. And you can stick your head, you can be part of the. Actually, oh. you should. I want to see. Like, if you want to audition for Blackcast, yeah. you will not take them. Don't take them at all. <laughs> if you want your first shot at being on Blackcast, send us a video of you joining the fun in yeah. that extra panel. Yeah. Th- and if you're good enough, we'll fly you out to California. We will not fly no, you out definitely to not fly out. And you can be part of the crew. You will not be part of the crew. You will but definitely not. Maybe part. we'll uh, let you Skype in for five minutes. Yeah. What do you think oh, that, that sounds good. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't had any of the any well too many of the friends of the show on in a little while. Uh, I usually try to do it around uh, movie reviews and such, uh, but we won't be able to do it when we have our big Christmas party this weekend. I, you know, I have like this goal of recording while we're having the Christmas party, sort of off to the side, and you know during the merriment and all, and. Any time that I plan to record two episodes in a setting like that, it won't happen. So I just hope we get something. Well, here's get, here's like 20 usable minutes. I'll be happy. So uh, this may be a little inside baseball for the episode, but we can certainly set up Will's uh, yeah. mic with the two like official yeah, yeah. mics. And then I have a handheld, too, that I could be walking around with. I think a little walk and talk. You know? Well, we could do a little walk and talk, and we could have the setup. I, I think that uh, yeah. And then, um, did you just volunteer to edit all that? Because that's what it sounded. <sighs> I could. No, I, I could do it. No, I'll do it. I, you don't need to. I would do it. That would be like uh, my Christmas present oh. to the Blackcast. Oh yeah, I got you guys nice Christmas presents last year back when I had money. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got some money to AMC. We'll got yeah. to see Universe. I got I got a lot of popcorn out of that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, because you had the A list, yeah. so uh, it basically was all for popcorn. Yeah, and I, guess I think I, I probably blew that all in like one with Natasha because she's always like, "Let's get hot dogs and funnel cake." And they have funnel cake at the theater. Sometimes, oh, some man. of them do. You know, we were at Knott's Berry Farm over the weekend, and just because we were with the kids, we the the meals were structured too close together. I couldn't get funnel cake. It's the thing I want most when I go to Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> is is a, a nice funnel cake. So. Now now I'm thinking like, wait a minute, 
I want to go to the movies. I might go. I think I might go see that Mr. Rogers movie this afternoon. I want to see that so bad. Yeah, I think that could be good. I saw the Ford versus Ferrari Sunday night. It was was, good. Was it good? It's not like people are raving on it. Yeah. I don't think it's great. Oh, wait a minute. You saw Ford versus Ferrari with your two best friends yes. on the big screen. Yes. You didn't sit in the theater with them, but they are your best friends. Yeah. Well, like, Jason Bourne and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I watched them. And then I also was like, I even know the director of this who also directed Logan. And oh, uh, James Mangold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, cool. We're all best friends. Let me watch your movie that you were talking about. You know James Mangold? He was. The, he. We also interviewed him in that same oh, episode. Oh, I didn't realize that he was. Okay. He was actually the one. He and I actually spoke to each other, unlike me and. <laughs> I mean, I get that because he was yeah. like, "I know what sound guys do. How do I sound? Am I good?" And I was like, "Yes, James Mangold. Yes, I know James who you Mangold. are." <laughs> uh, anyway, so th- this could be fun. That uh, the the Christmas party, if if you uh, do a little little live mic. You yeah. Know, this could be. Uh, I would call it uh, EO's Corner, but then I feel like you'd be carving in on somebody else's turf, so it's <laughs> something else, you know? The you can call it the Thelonious... I don't know. <laughs> the, the loneliest. Uh, I was trying to think of like a T word that has to do with corner, and I, I don't have one. Yeah. Um, you were talking about uh, bodily fluids before, and uh, that makes Often. me think that I wanted to ask you. Uh, you have uh, made no bones about your feelings about the city of uh, Philadelphia. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not my favorite. Just recap for people who maybe haven't heard uh, 351 episodes of The Black House. Well, look, basically. Basically, if you want to go to the largest cesspool of garbage in the world, Mm -hmm. go to Philadelphia because it's not just the environment, it's the people, right? Like if you drive from New York into New Jersey, you hit that wafting smell of garbage that just makes you want to like vomit a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't stop when you hit Philadelphia. (laughs) That's actually probably where it emanates from. And then it breezes up the coast through New Jersey. Like New Jersey is trashy, but it's really just the wafting garbage smell of Philadelphia (laughs) making its way towards New York. New New Jersey has a lot of different pockets. It's like North Jersey, like the suburbs of New York City, completely different than South Jersey, like Cherry Hill. I, my cousins all live down there, my aunt and uncle. Uh, and I have uh, three adult cousins, and they, I don't know, they've all got two kids. There's, there's a million of them is the point. So uh, we go, you know, we actually, when we were in New York uh, two years ago, we took Felix down there. So he's uh, he's been to four states, which includes New Jersey. Did not take the young man to uh, Philadelphia because uh, I, I don't think he's ready for that yet. No. I think... I think he'd be, he'd be ready. Yeah, was out. Uh, I think he would be ready to celebrate the holidays with a little Silent Night, Deadly Night before he'd be ready to drive around the streets of Philadelphia. But the reason why I bring up uh, Philadelphia is because this was a story that I thought you could relate to. Now, I know that you're obviously no fan of Philadelphia, no fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, but Correct. I read this story that Eagles star Brandon Brooks says he left Sunday's game after suffering an anxiety attack that left him unable to stop vomiting. So I thought that this doesn't necessarily mean you would like it more, but I'm starting to think you might be able to relate to that. Now, does that level of anxiety sound abnormal? Because to me, I've had maybe like two panic attacks in my life. 
and uh, I still got married anyway. That's a joke. That's not when it was. Uh, but uh, the uh, unable to stop vomiting. I'm just like, oh, and look, our, our, our friend Zia has talked about it. She uh, can suffer from, you know, uh, panic attacks. She talked about on Podcast 350 how sometimes I'm on the other end of the phone to just help talk her through when she has it. So I know it's a, it's a very real real thing, but this idea of just being unable to stop vomiting, does that, does that sound believable to you, Jeff? I mean, yes, but I've, so I've never had something like that, but right. this, so to bring that up and bringing up vomiting, just yeah, last Monday, I had probably one of the worst migraines I've had in my life. Like oh, it, wow. it, uh, so what happened was I started getting the headache and then I took some pills for it to help and then got sick and threw them up. And so Ooh. then I can't take them again because I don't know how much of them were actually ingested in me. Sure. So then I just, normally it's like maybe one throw up when I have a migraine and then it eases the pressure and I'm good to go. This was like the, basically the rest of the night I was throwing up. Like it would, I'd throw up, I'd feel a little bit better. I'd go back, sit down, try and do some work. And then a little while later I'd have to go back and throw up again. I like, tried to eat a sandwich, but like yeah. just nothing was sitting down. So it's just... I get that. I get being really sick, and it's not necessarily from something like a bug. Uh, this was basically like the pain in my head was forcing me to throw up repeatedly. But I've never, like, with me and anxiety, it more becomes like, so it's like, um, it just becomes that, like, visceral anger because. Uh, so to get really psychology with it, anger is a secondary emotion. It's just like your expression of feeling hurt. And so when I get anxious, it's because I feel out of control of the situation or sure. I feel like I can't handle what's going on or I'm concerned I'm going to disappoint other people and then I'm going to like further isolate myself and all those kinds of things. So I just get tense and I get like worried and I get a bunch of extra energy and then that energy basically just like hits my shoulders and my arms and then it's like and my teeth like I'll grip my teeth and like clench my jaw I, I get nervous sometimes I'm gonna break my teeth because like I'll clench my jaw so hard when I get upset and so I'm just like I get all this energy and then it's like you try you for me I'll recognize like wow I'm having I'm way overreacting to this situation like this is not gonna help me like this is not how you're going to handle this and then it's like and then instead of where I used to be when I was like in a better place I used to be able to remember that and be like okay calm down because when you get calm you can handle this situation and you can fix right. these problems and everything's going to be fine but now I'm like nope everything's about to get worse like if I try and fix this it's just going to get 10 times worse so then I flip out and then I end up doing stupid things like punching stuff and like breaking things because I punch them and it's like that's why I want to get a punching bag or something because it's like there's something about just like releasing that energy by like punching yeah. something. I used to do it when I was younger. I used to just go to this uh, garage and do slap shots because it's like you have to really slam the stick into yeah, the ground to do sense. it. Yeah, sure. And so it's like now I'm just in this weird place where it's like I'm not working out, which I know I need to, and I don't have any outlets for all these feelings. So I just sit and let them pile up. It's just this really self-defeating behavior that I'm like caught in a cycle of and uh, can get out but it's easier it's real easy to fall back into it like it's real hard to work your way out and continue working out 
and then fall right back. So this, uh, it would make sense to you that somebody could uh, ascend to the National Football League, uh, and even so, still be performing at that level and be like, oh, fuck, whatever it is about this moment is too much to handle, and I can't stop puking. Absolutely. I think, well, first, there's there's like famously quarterbacks like puking before they're about to like go in and then playing well, and it's the anxiety and the nerves that like work their way up. Uh, I also think that, you know, <laughs> I think that, w- that modern society makes things like anxiety harder. And it's like, it seems more like you're like, oh, we're all pussies now. Like, we didn't used to have all this anxiety back in the day. It's like, yeah, yeah they, people did. They just killed themselves, first of all, because... Well, I mean, look, so in in the one hand, I am making light of it, but uh, very real. Look, you know, you're talking about how you'd like a punching bag and you can look back to earlier generations somebody had a bad day at work you know they come home well there's a you know possibly up to three punching bags there if you have a dog maybe even four yeah so you know i mean that that would be how you people used to let it out so yeah it was all still there it's just now you're cognizant of it and you try to figure out well, what do I do about it, you know? And uh, throwing up in an NFL game seems, you know, for people that don't have these specific problems, it seems so extreme, but uh, I guess, you know, the way we're talking about it, logically I can see how you would get to that point, I guess. I also think it's it's crazy to think things like back, so again, to speak to the differences in times, at that point in time, it was commonplace for people to be drinking all day. And just drinking their feelings away. Right. So you're talking about the good old days. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it's just like it was fine for you to be productive enough and drunk most of the time and just like nice to be around. That was a, a fine way to work. I feel like in today's society, it's like, oh, you have absolutely no problem. Here's an Adderall prescription, because if you're not ready to be awake 12 hours with absolute supreme focus, you're not going anywhere in life. And you're going to yeah. be reminded that you're a lazy, not hardworking piece of shit. And even if you do work super hard, somebody might just take advantage of that until you burn yourself out and like can't do it anymore. Yeah. And the, the people that I know who like when I was a kid, I didn't know anybody who at least I was aware, you know, that had been subscribed, uh, prescribed, prescribed, subscribed, uh, been gived some uh, Adderall or any of that. But I've known people as adults. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I yeah, took it as when I was younger. And even people took it in college, of course. And when you take it in college, then you just you sell it to people so they can study and then you don't take it. I, <laughs> I, I know. I know that. Term. I know how it works. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times they tend to be like just supremely creative people. And, you know, probably not focused, you know, like I think some, you know, look at somebody who has two kids, they're not usually focused for very long. You know, it's like you get them to watch like a 22 minute show on TV. You're like, oh, wow, look at that. They sat still and they were focused. They liked that. But, you know, it's like, but when they're playing, it's just like, well, it's just whatever, you know, they're into that for a few minutes and they went off and do something else. And I'm like, yeah, but why would you want to stifle that instinct of like, oh, I want to do this other thing now, you know, and then I want to go do this third thing. And, you know, you want to clean up the mess afterwards. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you just, just the thing. It seems like such an old school thing too, is just wanting your kids of whatever age, you know, even much older than mine, just, you want them to calm down, 
you know, and it's like, well, it's kind of against their nature of like being a kid, you know. I mean, I was a relatively laid back kid, but uh, I was still pretty, you know, pretty hyper, very excited about everything, you know. And by everything, I mean anything that involved me not going outside and doing anything physical, you know. Yeah. I was I was excited about whatever was in my house, my action figures, my comics, what's on the TV, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe some uh, some rock and roll cassettes, you know, maybe a little bit of that, but uh, and. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think just that mentality is like, oh, you feel bad in this way. Well, you shouldn't feel that way. And look, in some cases, obviously, anxiety can be debilitating. It can be too much. You know, I mean, look, this guy's throwing up. It would have been great if he could have take so- taken something so he would stop throwing up. You yeah. Know? Uh, so... I don't know. I mean, I think that we're just so quick to medicate everything. And I think we're more aware of it now than we were 20, especially 30 years ago. But I don't I don't know what the solution is. Well, I also think it's like it, it's even reflected in some of the things I was saying earlier about anxiety. It's like a modern society. You have things like social media that create anxiety because you're like, oh, no, I haven't checked my Facebook. I'm not up on the modern things. I'm at- I only have 20 likes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so this is this may seem really weird, but uh, I used to feel like the one way I was able to like relate to most people was through TV. Like you watched the the show that most people watched. You could talk to them about something that they watched. You could yeah. have a discussion about it. And then you could like go from there. But that was the way I always used to start off my connections with people. Like, oh, what, what have you watched? Oh, this thing. Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, and then there's these like, and then the rest of it can blossom or not. And I don't know if it's just like because you grow out of silly things like that or if I'm not watching the right things or what. But I walk around now and it's like I try things like that and I'm, it's just like, uh, uh, it goes nowhere. Like, well, it's it's harder in one sense because talking about TV, there's very little event TV. That's true. So, like, you could mention three shows. Like, uh, oh, are you watching The Mandalorian? No, I don't say anything. I've got the, I've got the, I, 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 I'm all three behind. I have to watch. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, whatever show. What's worse is like, hey, did you ever watch The Wire? Oh, my God, I just started. What do you mean you just started? It was like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I just started. Can we talk about it some other time? No, I just don't talk about it at all. It's fine. I guess people watch TV in that way, you know. But, like, when when you were a kid, it was a lot of, like, did you watch this thing last night? And there would always be a few shows that I didn't watch, mm-hmm. you know. But I could relate on a lot of them. But uh, I, my friend Bill, my friend Bill Narducci, um, he doesn't believe me that I never watched The Cosby Show uh, because everybody watched it. But my mom didn't think Bill Cosby was funny, just period. Like, clearly my mom was really smart when it came to Bill Cosby, by the way. That's what I th- – that's the point. Your I mom was like anybody who doesn't swear is a pussy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I just, you know, and I, I've made the point to, to Bill a few times is like clearly my mom knew something that the rest of you didn't. You know, she she got a bad vibe off of him. But uh, so it's like if I didn't watch that show, I was like, eh. but I watched other shows. There, there was the weird kid where the whole family they didn't they didn't watch TV. I don't know if they didn't have one or the parents just didn't let them. And then yeah, it was super hard to talk to that kid because it's like uh okay, so you don't uh, you don't watch the TV. So you probably don't have the toys that tie into the TV, the Transformers, the GI Joes, the ThunderCats, any of that. So you don't, so you don't know the TV stuff. And then it's like uh, I'm gonna bet you don't read comics, you read real books. Mm, yeah, that's not gonna are they are they Star Wars books? 
because then maybe I could I definitely you know get on board. No, it's just like book books. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do. So it, it is it is such a common ground, and I think it still is. And look, I mean, I think my dad never followed sports, and it was a it was hard for him to make small talk with men because that's kind of what we talk about usually pretty early on uh you know like if i'm meeting you for the first time you get a red Sox hat on so i'm I'm gonna be like oh hey so boston right you know and then we'll talk about i don't know the maybe uh big poppy being nearly assassinated in the dominican because he was like uh, believed to be dating a mobster's girlfriend but it was really his friend or whatever we got a good hour right there. We do a whole podcast on that. Easy. And I don't mean uh, one episode. I mean weekly installments. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, well, let's talk more about Why do they call him Big Poppy? Yeah. <laughs> well, he loves it when you call him Big Poppy. Bing. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know, I think that that was just something that I, I was very aware of when I was younger. I'm like, oh yeah, my dad can't talk to uh, grownups because he doesn't watch sports. So I was like, I, I, I think I want to know enough about sports that yeah. I can at least be like, oh yeah, I heard about Don Mattingly. Mm-hmm. I, I blame my mom for the fact that I, I have like no friends. I'm like, oh, you always used to just sit around at home and play games on your computer and watch stuff. That's why. I have no friends because you had no friends. Oh. Well, I had neighbors. And, like, you know, when you're a kid, your neighbors are your friends. I had, like, friends then. I'm saying, like, my mom didn't, like, she had her little groups and her whatever shit. But it's, like, most of her friends, even to this day, are just, like, church people. And I'm, like, I don't consider those real friends. You know, my mom has a lot of church people friends. (laughs) (laughs) They're not real friends. You guys just love Jesus. You don't love each other. You freaks. And, you know, here's the thing. Jesus isn't. Not a fan. He doesn't really care about you. No. You know? I mean, he probably he probably holds a grudge, you know? It's been, uh, well, it's been almost 2,000 years since he's crucified. And he's just like, you think he's going to let that go? He had yeah. to take on all of our sins. Yeah. So yeah. that means it's every all- circle jerk. <sighs> Yeah, but are those sins or are we just, uh, you know, achieving a higher plane of spirituality? Ours were the pricks on his crown of thorns. <laughs> oh, boy. See, I just, I just try to imagine. The conversation wouldn't go where it goes with, with, uh, with Will here. But uh, there, there's plenty of things that we could talk about with Will. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm always interested in what people think about uh, any of the topics we're talking about. But uh, uh, I would say that my mom probably only has church friends because she moved to Florida. And she probably has other friends. You know, she's... Uh, uh, she's seeing someone, which usually is one of those things where you're like, okay, so like, do I have to meet him or like, where, where's it going? You know? Uh, so that's always important to know, you know, like when, when is it, you know? And I, I think that this is less specific about my mom, but it's more of like a general thing that I've gotten from talking to people who, you know, when you call your parents, they always say when, you're uh, when you're a lawyer, uh, a trial lawyer, and you've got someone on the stand. You never ask a question you don't know the answer to. And I feel like talking to parents is kind of that way. You can never ask an open-ended question, "How are you?" Mm. Because that could turn into an hour right there. Uh, if you knew that they were dating someone, you could be like, "Oh, how's so and so?" Well, and then you're like, "Oh no, damn it! What did I? What did I do?" What did I just do? I've, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, like, so, and look, I think that could be for, that that second part can extend beyond 
parents. But, you know, it, it can sometimes be difficult to, uh, you know, navigate those conversations. You know, I mean, I'll talk to I'll talk to my dad. My dad's good for about five minutes, but then you'll end up talking to him for 20. Like, the first five are solid, you know. Then the other 15, it's pretty good. But uh, he used to do this thing <laughs> where you'd say goodbye, and then that would turn into the real conversation. Like, that was, like, what he really wanted to talk about. He's like, oh, okay, well, you know. And I was like, wait, wait. Where was this like you know twenty minutes ago? Like we could you could have led with this, you know. It's like I didn't I didn't want the uh, the epilogue at the yeah at the end. Let's just go ahead and go ahead and put it up top. All right, I'll talk to you later. Uh, by the way, I got peck implants. All right, see ya. <laughs> what <laughs> kind of that level of things, you know? Uh, so and I don't know. Look, I, I hope that uh, one day. Uh, I don't know if I hope one day my kids find this archive, this treasure trove of what a daddy used to talk about, and then. They think like, oh yeah, same thing. Yeah, like, uh, like they don't want to call me one period. They just don't want to call me. And then when they do, they're like, they don't want to ask me. So, how's it going? That you're the only dad that doesn't have a flying car. Everybody else on your street does. <laughs> uh, you know, I but I don't think we're ever gonna get flying cars. I think that we could have flying cars right now, and they're just like, nope. Yeah, no, uh, there's somebody, uh, I saw something where somebody was starting to make the explanation of like why flying cars will never happen. And yeah. it's like, it's as simple as like, you know how there's air traffic control for planes and how there's still plane crashes imagine if there was millions or billions of planes in the air all the time does that sound safe because it doesn't to me (laughs) yeah uh, it's uh, yeah it's I, i know i remember specifically like i think it was back to the future too was the time where i looked and you know they're flying around and you're like oh yeah that doesn't work like, you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, the Jetsons somehow being a cartoon and your car folded up in your briefcase. You're like, well, that made sense. But here's the thing. With the Jetsons, even though they're flying around, they're using lanes in the air. So it's no better than if there was a road there. There's just not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd still, I mean, uh, Doc Brown and Marty McFly, they hit traffic. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, then what's the point? Exactly. You want to fly over. The- so the flying car is good if you're... Well, if you're a one percenter, if you're one of the only ones who have a flying car, it's going to be awesome. Look, if we lived in the stars or if, if we lived uh, in the, like a Jetsons-esque thing yeah. where like houses and like the world became so vertical that there's just like this massive up, like high, high, truly high society yeah. type thing. Yeah, I think a flying car would make sense then so that you can like travel amongst your like well high rised society. But like. Beyond that weird dystopian future, I don't. It doesn't really seem like it'd be practical. Do you have a flying car? Let us know at Blackcast. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say leave us a voicemail, but there isn't really anywhere to do that. Although I've I've instructed people that if they really want to leave us a voicemail, they just they just leave it on the voicemail for the Dennis Miller option. Nice. And that number is still eight six six five zero nine rant. By the way, because the voicemail box, <laughs> the Radio Voodoo, the company. Uh, I, I had a hunch, and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, nobody ever closed the account. It's probably on, like, an auto pay for, well, it's not even Wested One. It's, like, Cumulus or something. And of course. I was like, so I'm just like, great, we're just going to It had, like, the outgoing message I recorded in, like, 2009, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, this is great. This is exactly what I needed to be able to play voicemails. And I was like, 
I, I don't know. You can get like a, a a Google Voice or whatever where we could like play voicemails for the black cats. And I was like, nah, just call eight six six five one nine rant. Yeah, you know, just make sure you tell you say it's a black cat because Lindsay checks those. I don't. I, I, I'm too busy to check voicemail. Come on, <laughs> come on. What about me makes you think I'm checking voicemail? Do you have as much fun doing or more fun doing the the podcast than you did the radio show with Dennis? Oh, absolutely. It's way more fun than the radio show. I liked there's things I liked about the radio show, but what I didn't like was you had to carve up whatever you were doing into like eight minute increments. So like a good interview on the radio show would be a great interview on the podcast because, mm. you know, say that you talk to somebody for three segments. So that's 24 minutes with like basically five minutes of commercials, two different times in the middle. But instead, you'd probably talk to them for like 45 minutes for a whole podcast and you, you know, the, you're able to develop a rapport. You have a really good flow. The conversation goes a lot better. Uh, so I think on that way, and obviously we're, we're not bound by any concerns about one, we can swear. Two, it's also you don't look. We were on a lot of really conservative radio stations. Uh, the the company Salem, was, we were on big markets for that company, so there were a lot of things that we would have to worry about. And I, I mentioned this, <laughs> I mentioned this to Dennis not that long ago, that uh, there was somebody who was uh, really one of the program directors was very upset about what he considered. He used the term bathroom talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we would get emails like, oh, no, another trip to the bathroom. And it was like, I don't know, I think it was about having to take a whiz. And sometimes it was like, you know, mildly sexual. Anytime you referred to the Michael Jackson movie, The Wiz. Mm-mm. You know, we never ease on down that road. <laughs> I was a little proud of that one, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's why I was like, no, the bell didn't work, but I'm going to make it work. <laughs> You better work. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's more fun in the way, every way except for uh, what it pays. (laughs) But the, you know, obviously the commitment of time is completely different. You know, it's like at most we're going to have two guests a week. A lot of times for the radio show, we'd have like 15 guests a week. That's a lot of work for me. Yeah. You know, Uh, two guests a week. I'm like, that's pretty manageable. And there's weeks where we have zero. Mm. You know, I think the perfect week, I think the perfect month. We do eight shows. We probably have six guests. That's probably like, all right, that's a good balance. You, know, you sprinkle in a couple where we're just talking, like like Jeff and I are. This is like this is the Jeff Duray option. You know, put together some. <laughs> and new. no one is going to pick that option. Everyone, up. everyone is opted out. <laughs> everyone is opted out. Yeah, I gathered some uh, headlines uh, that uh, we could talk about. We're talking about serious things, some wacky things. We're having fun. This is what we do on the Black Kids. This is what we've been doing for almost. Wait, no, it would be seven years. Wait, so this is 2000. This is 2019. Mm-hmm. We started in 2013. So, yeah, next year it'll be seven years. But early in the year, it'll be seven years. Starting next year in January, I will have known you guys for five years. That's crazy because you were the new guy yeah. at the end, you know? But now it's like now, like the black, the, the black cast map is, is populated by uh, some people that I've known much less time than you. Like Zia, I've known for probably about a year and a half now. You know, mm. she's one of the people I've known longer. I've known Amy a little bit longer than that. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're you on the Mount Rushmore at this point. You weren't when you started. 
but slowly the water eroded my face into the rock. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, look, because the uh, the the foreheads on uh, Black Cast Mount Rushmore, obviously, obviously mine was the biggest. Let's be honest. Uh, but then you know Will and Coltrane and Liev, who. His contributions were usually things that would get him fired now, mm. you know, and I different know. time five years ago, it's a different time. But, you know, we're living in the right now and it's still his voice. <laughs> so that just reminded me of I retweeted something that I saw this morning, which was Patton Oswalt, uh, like, quote, tweeting a guy I used to work with, a guy whose show I was kicked off of for telling him that uh so there was a this was this was a few several years ago there was a bullying scandal in the nfl one of the issues like where they were bullying that one offensive lineman uh and there was an article that had come out about that how they were also bullying like a staffer for the team who was uh asian american they were calling him jap which is like it seems like a somewhat harmless derogatory term in the sense of like you, it's not the n-word but it's considered a derogatory term so it was just like hey let's not like yeah. so even though it's mentioned in the article and it's like this whatever whatever and it's not the other one that is like more that people think of as like a derogatory term for Asian Americans uh, with a C um, I was like hey you know maybe let's not use that word over air since the whole article is about somebody getting in trouble for using yeah, that word. Yeah, you might get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So I dumped it as he was saying it. And when we went to break, I was like, I explained my reasoning. I was like, hey, just to let you know, I dumped it when you said that just because the whole article is about him getting in trouble for it. I'm just concerned that, you know, we might cross a line somewhere too. And like, you know, this is a national radio show. Yeah. And we got to be careful. That's like literally my job to a T was, hey, be extra careful and like do these things, whatever. And then he told me like to go fuck myself basically and that he was going to call my boss and have me fired and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so then I was taken off the show and I was written up but because i had definitely done my job they made it about a different incident that had already come and gone and that was now the issue why i needed to get written up and this and removed from the show and all these things so i, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't say what was the show uh it was i can't remember the name of What's the, the show? guy joe paglarulo oh, joe okay. pags uh, yeah i've heard that name yeah. so he just he's like this florida conservative host and he's yeah. just like an asshole like it, my thing with like conservative you hosts me, you, you you explained uh, asshole when you said florida the conservative has true. nothing to do with it it's the florida that's uh, true yeah. but uh, so like the what i had originally gotten in trouble for was this was the, also the same time there was a nfl player i think christian sam who came out and he was i do i remember him yeah he was an openly gay player I who came out in the draft name, <laughs> i'm kidding it's jokes uh and so i at this point managed the facebook for this guy on, for his show for joe pags for joe Pegs. Yeah. And I would, I did the best job anyone's done of that. I would do every morning. I would go in. I'd search all the Breitbart's, the every all the conservative news outlets. I'd pick the biggest headlines. And then what I, because I cared about my job, I wanted views. And if I would just post the conservative thing with like out much of a comment or with a like, yeah, this is right, it'd get maybe a hundred views or three hundred tops. Right. If I posted it with like producer Jeff, the cons- uh, liberal says like this is. Silly, blah blah blah, like with my little thing, mm-hmm. and then the link to the article and headline. 
3,000. <laughs> no joke. That level of like jump. And it's people being like, you're a fucking idiot. But hey, you responded and now your friend's friend responded. And right. now we're getting way more views. Like our yeah. traction on Facebook and our analytics were just like skyrocketing. And it was people who probably didn't know how to use insults right and be like, hey, producer Jeff, go jap yourself. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so the Christian Sam thing came out and I posted that and I was like, hey, this guy's really brave for being willing to put up like with whatever happens i think it's brave to like put this out there and be willing to like put up with what's coming his way because we all know it is it's like it's going to be tough for him and so get some blah 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 your dickhead and then joe decided he needed to comment on this he's like this guy's not brave my dad who fought in the war was brave and blah 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 i mean by the way i'm sure his dad was brave and uh but that doesn't mean that you can't also be brave that's literally what i responded so he was like saying who you want to get with isn't brave and that was so he always would uh marginalize gay people by being like i don't care who you want to get with what you want to get with isn't my problem go do it and it's just like and it always really annoyed me because i was just like wow it's really annoying to me that you want to summarize like this whole part of your being as like who you want to get with and it just always used to drive me crazy that leads to context for what's about to happen, which is he said that. So then I was like, I was like, you know, bravery is not mutually exclusive. Like, obviously, your dad's brave for fighting the war, but that has literally nothing to do with the situation we're talking about right yeah. now. Uh, and then he said, I was like, and quite frankly, like, I think it's really uh, ignorant for you to just like uh, consider sexuality who you want to get with. Like, do you not think that like love or like caring enters into relationships? Do you want to solely get with your wife? You don't care about her as a person at all? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't you asking me. Jesus, I'm sorry. That's embarrassing. So, I have to edit that out. Obviously, I can see how, like, I'm challenging his wife and his relationship might yeah. hurt his feelings. But it's like, well, you want to have the discussion. You want to have it out. And I've also been told I had free reign to on the Facebook. I was told specifically because I was like, hey, I don't want to step on your toes. He's like, do whatever. It's fine. You can say whatever you want just as long as you say it's you. And I was like, okay. And then they were very upset that I had said that clearly because I basically just like roasted him on his own fucking Facebook page yeah, because he, he had nothing to say to what I said because it was clearly true. <laughs> and so and so then, yeah, the like then he's doing the, the stuff and I uh, dumped it and he was like, yeah, you got to go. And I remember one of my bosses being like, yeah, this seems like really wrong. I feel like we should not consequent him for doing his job. And then the other one, Z Doggy being like, no, he's a he needs to learn. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I better learn to not stick, like to be a a true wretched piece of shit. <laughs> because if the reverse happened and you had the conversation with him beforehand, and he's like, "No, I'm going to say it anyway," and then you're like, "All right, I tried to warn him, and you left it there," and then all of a sudden you get a lot of complaints. I mean, this is however many years ago. I think it it was a little easier to fly under the radar. Now everybody's looking for stuff like this. Oh yeah. So we get it all of premiered canceled if that happened today. Yeah. 
Oh, I was. I, I, well, I was gonna make the references and be like Jim Rome would be like, "Hey, what the fuck?" But I realized Jim Rome's not even with Premier anymore. He's no. been with he's been with CBS Sports for uh, not ten years, but for a long time now. Close to ten. It was yeah. right around when I got there yeah. that he left. I used to. I used to always. Uh, Ken and I both would listen to Rome after the Dennis Miller show, and the main reason why I would listen to it was because he had really good guests, but also because I had just lived in the world of politics, not just for the three hours of the show, but like leading up to the show and preparing and all that. And it was like before I started doing that, the last thing I wanted to hear was like anything that was news. Mm. But for some reason, I didn't want to hear music either. So I just was like, what else is going on in the world? That's like, you know, because like sports stuff is always more fun than than politics. I also would say, though, that Jim Rome, especially, you know, early 2010s. Yeah. That was him at his prime. Like he had the best takes on things. And his sports talk show was it was very casual. It was fun because it was like. It, 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 he had a really good way of making of, of making the atmosphere that always made radio shows uh, successful, which is you feel like you're a part of this little like crew of people yeah. doing something where it's like, oh, we got a snake guy on the phone. And then everybody's like, snake guy. It's yeah. like if you can have everybody at home doing some kind of stupid like, ah, yeah. oh, you win. And he had that. He had several of those yeah. kinds of things. No, and I mean, I, some of the regulars who would call in and, you know, I mean, uh, with uh, Munga, a.k.a. Dave Coelho, like we used to talk about Rome a, a fair amount, too. And, you know, when they would do stuff, they would uh, they would have the callers call in for the the smack off. once. Oh, again. yeah. And it was always actually really entertaining. And, you know, some, like, actual radio talent came out of... JT the Brick, James another guy I worked who, for. Uh, Dave Coelho was, like, I think in his wedding. is like, really good friends with JT. I think still friends. Uh, and, and in case people wonder where Munga is now, Munga works for Colin Cowherd. So he does his radio show and TV show. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah. And uh, I don't know. It, it was always very entertaining. I, from the first time anybody explained to me that every word that he said was written out, I mean, obviously not the answers to call. But like all of his takes and everything, uh, you could you could kind of I would I would hear it. Oh yeah, you would be like, oh, he's definitely reading, and it's different because like a guy who look, I, I think it's important to have notes and, and all that. But when you're writing out word for word, it is good, but it kind of it like loses something. When you know, I think like somebody like that I grew up listening to, Chris Mad Dog Russo. I I, I don't think he ever, you know, I, I think the ads were written for him. And other than that, like he and when he was partnered up with uh, Mike Francesa, who does an awful. Solo show, oh, but God. but Matt Doug Russo does a good solo show on Sirius XM. I think he's like the old school. He's like he would have the newspaper. Like I'm going to talk about this story, and he just put the put the paper there and mm -hmm. circled. It. It's like I think that's a better way to do it. But who am I to say that uh, Jim Rome does anything wrong because uh, he's uh, hugely successful? Well, I would say you you pointed out the guy who's kind of the modern day uh, Jim Rome, and he does it more like that. I mean, I guess I don't know specifically how he does stuff, but I don't see you. I don't see him reading or hear him reading the way mad dog um coward oh coward yeah yeah because yeah. he's the he's the guy who has the big solo show yeah. right now like you'll see clips of just him doing his show yeah. and it's all he does like he'll have guests and stuff but it's him he's the one he's the solo most any other show like that at least has a co-host somebody for them to bounce off of he's the only guy right now who's doing it by himself he's got the chick in the corner yeah, and the crew but she's mostly there for yeah. like news and, and stuff. his yeah. best videos are his mono him monologuing and you yeah. can tell it's him just 
This is what he yeah. thinks. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I think that it, it's you know maybe some maybe you've got bullet points for you know like oh yeah when I talk about this I want to make these points but yeah I think it is better when you're listening. I think on TV it works easier when everything's written out and they're reading it from a teleprompter or in comedy cue cards. I think you want to make sure like the selection of words is so much more important, especially in comedy, but if, on television that it works better. But it's like you're just listening on radio so when somebody's reading you just you know it you know yeah. and I think that that's why people who do really good ad reads are the ones who sound like they're not they're not reading you know and when it sounds like you're just having a conversation you know like yeah I had such a bad night's sleep last night but uh, I've got this Casper mattress coming you know I think uh, I just said that so that I could try and get a free mattress I don't know if it's gonna work but. that'd be great uh, first of all it's so hard. I think people think it's real easy for people to do that slash for people to get other people to do that. I have to say, I don't know if I've gotten any of my shows to do to do a natural fucking read of any of their ads for any of the podcasts I work on. Like, I'm it's hard. I've I, done a lot of like tried to coach them up, tried to like sit and like tell them how to do it. And it's like people don't get it. I've done it when I guest hosted for Dennis and it's it's really hard to have it, you know, like cuz you have to read it. Yeah. They've clearly chosen the language, but you also don't want it to sound like you're reading it. And I don't know, I mean I think that that's that's it's such a hard thing to do that uh, I feel like uh, somebody like Howard Stern does it really well, but I, I think he's able to really put in a lot. And sometimes, and it's like with Dennis, when Dennis does a live read, he's reading stuff, but then he kind of riffs on it. So then he goes back to reading. I think that helps. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, now he's reading, but this is like, okay, I'm kind of interested in what this product is. So let's let's hear what the uh, the hard sell is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've look, there ain't nothing worse than a bad live read, you know? Oh, and God. It's, it's like why the uh, fast forward button was invented on you know whatever device you're listening to your podcast you know <laughs> especially the people who put all the ads up at the top of the show you know I mean I know a lot of people who listen to Mark Maron's podcast and they don't give a shit about him his cats or any of the stuff he talks about. they want to hear his interviews yeah so you go through all the ads all of his bullshit and then when you hear the other person talking they go back it up a little bit that's what I want to hear uh, so I, I don't know how he does on live reads. I, I, I've honestly, I've listened to, I think, one of his podcasts because he talked to Lauren Michaels, and uh, that always fascinates me to hear what that guy has to say. I watched his show, but I don't think I've listened to a bunch show? of his. his yeah, the IFC right. one. Yeah, it was good. It was right. Yeah. But, and I've watched his stand-up, but I don't think I've listened to his he podcast was, a ton. He was good in Joker. He was good in Joker. I thought that he was the, hey. He's man. good in Glow. Yeah, he is good in Glow. I think uh, the first season... Uh, the What's first the couple best? episodes, yeah, the first couple episodes, it took me a little bit to get because it's like, hmm. oh, Mark Maron's playing Mark Maron, but then you realize like, oh yeah, but Mark Maron fits really well in this world. Oh yeah. So you, it just took some getting used to. I, I get, the second season was good too. I just I haven't I still haven't watched the third season, the last one that came out where I, it starts I, off with a they're they're in uh, Las Vegas and um, I will tell you I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but uh, there needed to be more wrestling in that season because yeah. it's what it's supposed to be about. And, uh, I and that's it, what made it fun. It's what made it fun. And uh, it was not as funny as either of the previous seasons. See, that's it, my concern with a show like that. Like, And this is, this is going to sound very 
sexist because it probably is when there's too many <laughs> girls in a show like that i'm my concern is like oh they're gonna make this high drama because it's yeah. gonna have to appeal to other girls and girls tend to i feel like enjoy more drama in their series yeah. right like your scandals and your scream queens or i don't know i've never watched any of those shows so i don't know how dramatic they yeah, are i just assume they are based on their names well i think that scandal is very scandalous mm. if i had to guess I, i've, I've heard also, scream queens is pretty quiet though <laughs> well it's now since, since it got canceled uh yeah the the problem with glow in season three was they were uh trying to uh deal with more issues and i was like i didn't it's not what i want yeah. it's a wrestling show the challenger 80s. blew up and i literally stopped watching i was like i'm good on this for now yeah although they did try to play it for a joke i think in the moment because like yeah she's like being like stupid americans yeah. with your stupid yeah <laughs> so that moment was funny but yeah they were just like uh, yeah I, I didn't shut it off right after that but i did like i was like okay where's this going and then it didn't it was just like i feel really bad i said something dumb it's like yeah, yeah you should and oh there's no consequences yeah first uh, of all it's okay res- it's wrestling that in theory that would that would have helped yeah you know it's like that's literally actually oh which reminds me i'm sorry i'm jumping all over the place right. i watched um if you haven't seen it yet i recommend it peanut butter falcon i've heard that that's good i haven't had a chance to watch it i, it, I do want it's see out it. on Redbox now so okay. it's easy to watch uh I liked it a lot, and obviously there's some wrestling to it, and I didn't realize there was going to be real wrestlers in it. But like towards the end, we have Mick Foley and Jake the Snake. Okay, so uh, going back, yeah, to the uh, to so, Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling era, and I won't I won't spoil anything, but there's definitely just an aspect of like, you, like you forget that villains are very much a part of wrestling. Yeah, right, exactly. It's like I can kind of work. You know, the whole point is that they're supposed to boo you, but. Speaking of villains, uh, it is my job to uh, roll things up here at the uh, Black Cast because uh, we've uh, given you more than an hour. And uh, quite honestly, audience, you don't deserve more. <laughs> but if you earn more, maybe you'll get more when we have our episodes from the Black Cast Christmas party. Uh, but we want to make sure everybody has a very happy Thanksgiving. Everyone. Even- I called dibs on Kevin, Misca- Kevin McAllister for the Christmas party. Home Alone? No, no, I get it, but I don't quite understand. You, just going to go around oh, with my hands on my face the whole time, like, ah! <laughs> no, I'm like, I, I just got the one that's, scene. That's all you're going to do. <laughs> but that's not even the best scene. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so uh, make sure you tune in next week. And uh, Will's going off to uh, Michigan for like a couple of weeks. And, you know, it's uh, we're, we're going to miss him, but uh, we'll get to see him uh, this upcoming weekend. And maybe he'll write back to your uh, birthday text while we're there i'll shame him into it that'll be fun it'll be fun for me. <laughs> it'll be fun for you but uh if people want to have fun with you uh where would they find you on twitter because you're so fun on there uh i'm super fun at jeff duray and at duray jeff yeah which uh, one's more fun i'm thinking duray jeff probably I, I gotta get back into like doing things with it yeah i don't know i just, it, it's just not always fun for me <laughs> to try to like come up with stuff it, it has to i have to be in the mood to like want to try to be funny yeah. and then do Amen, that brother <laughs> and i just i think that's why so like there are times where i'm like oh you know i should do things that i'm passionate about like trying to be funny like do something with comedy
comedy in and I'm like then I'd have to like try to be funny yeah. and I'd have to like do it all the time and I probably would just hate it so I give it's up just, on it immediately. It's just better to be naturally funny so but you don't have to worry about that because you were naturally funny like at least twice in the course of this hour. So nice. you know That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah so you can clip that out post at least one. I still hold on to this one comment you made long long ago years ago where it was like you always have at least one perfectly timed joke <laughs> it's true but but look a perfectly timed joke is really hard to do uh and one of the things i hate listening back to the black cast is that i hear myself think too long and it's like yeah but going back to this other thing huh? <laughs> what, what about you know and i'm just like oh you fucking fraud you mean like when i sit here shaking and then i finally say my joke and you guys are like how long ago was that and i was like but it was funny, right? right. Usually. <laughs> uh, so if you want more perfectly timed jokes, you can tune in next time. And of course, don't forget to follow at Blackcast on Twitter, like the Blackcast on Facebook, and don't forget, Blackcast350, you can still watch it at blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com. And me, oh me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And we will see you next time. <laughs> as it was meant to be just me oh wait and also jeff deray hey 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 and uh, no, none of that other dead weight you no. know what i'm saying so here's the thing i don't can you hear yourself in your headphones yeah i hear me fine interesting because i hear me really clear but and you don't not hear me at you all. as clearly that's weird what a weird what a weird mix could just be the mix it's fine i think uh, i think it might yeah it sounded all right in the booth but you don't hear me at all no i hear you it, it just, just sounds uh, more like sounds... i'm hearing you adjacently like through my mic like my my, uh, my headphones are like plugged oh. into just my mic almost <laughs> he didn't respond to me yesterday when i wished him a happy birthday i did wish him a happy birthday and he did respond to me so so he thinks less of you than he does of me is that mm-hmm. the point well that's obvious yeah that's probably probably the case right hmm Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, And now, because I've done it before, I'm worried that I have to make sure that I push that button again. (laughs) (laughs) I had indeed pushed it. Nice. The paranoia is real. Oh, I totally get that. I'm, I'm the like. Here's my level of paranoia meets like uh, neuroses. I'm the guy who I always need to like, you know, beep my car with the with the lock, but then I'll get neurotic if I get too far away from it and somebody's like walking by it, especially if they're like a person of color and I'm like beeping it because then I'm like, no, it's I'm not, it's not that. It's I'm not just, you. I'm it's just, just paranoid. Yeah, it's just my thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like I, I'll be like, uh, uh, and I'll wait until I th- feel like they're appropriate distance. And I'm like, beep. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. <laughs>